Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Mike Goolsby here with the Mike Goolsby Show, talking all things Notre Dame football. Um, Notre Dame coming out victorious, 50, uh, excuse me, 45 to 32. Um, should have been in the 50s, but um, yeah. Like Joey says in this comment, please um, hit a thumbs up on this video um, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, of course, if you have somehow not done that yet. Um, and uh, head over to blueandgold.com, your home of all things Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So, Mr. Goolsby, just how are you doing on this Sunday, man? Not bad. Probably not as good as you with that big Dolphins win. But, uh, yeah, worked some kids out this morning. Got a little sun. Always look forward to seeing you, 6 p.m. Central every Sunday. So uh, happy to be here, bro. Nice Irish win as well. It's been a great weekend. I, I sat down in this chair getting ready for the show, and I'm thinking, man, the Dolphins are winning. I, I cover Notre Dame football full-time. I get to do this fantastic show with Mike Goolsby. Just couldn't be better. Could not be better. Um, so here's the flow of the show tonight for folks who are with us live um, and, and watching back. We're, we're just two guys hanging out in the garage talking Notre Dame football. Um, so we're going to go through um, our, our notes. But if you guys have, um, you know, any questions, um, please uh, drop a super chat and we will uh, we'll get to you right away. <laughs> this comment here, is it just me or did Pine look a tad taller on Saturday? That's, that's funny. Yeah, it's like when he's, when, you know, when he's 
having a good game. He's a little taller. If not, he's a little shorter, except for that first drive. He had a couple batted down. But, uh, and Mr. Goolsby, let's just kind of get right to your initial thoughts of the win. Notre Dame getting a 13-point win on the road. I, I was a little bit um, concerned going into this game, knowing the recruiting classes that Mac Brown stacked up. These athletic-type teams like a Florida State, like a UNC-type team, um, they tend to have the ability to like turn it on or turn it off in terms of their level of play. Leading up to the Notre Dame game, the Tar Heels hadn't played well. They hadn't really played anybody to speak of. Defense had played poorly. And I just thought with all those athletes, um, you know, it's a type of teams, Mike, like where like uh, UNC's got a 350-pound nose tackle wearing like the number four. Like those types of teams, like, you know, Florida State will have a, you know, you know what I'm saying. But I was a little bit concerned that they might turn it on and that they smelt a little bit of blood in the water and they could jump, frankly, just jump a team like a Notre Dame. Surprisingly, UNC came out flat, man. And I don't even know if, like, this stadium was sold out. Uh, there didn't let, seem to be a lot of energy in the stadium. And uh, over time, Notre Dame just asserted itself. Notre Dame went almost back, Mike, to the game plan that we started off the first half of the season with against an Ohio State. We've talked about it many times on this show here. Just kind of that slugfest. Um, and that's ultimately what won us the game. And that's, it seems like, Mike, we found an identity on offense. Kind of a redemption game for Coach Reese. Uh, played a great game. Defense played solid as well. You know, kind of tamped down that lethal UNC offense. So it was a, it was a great team win. I mean, even special teams played well. Um, the putt return game got going, which was kind of nice. I mean, I can't remember the last time we got like positive yardage on a punt return or actually even returned it. So uh, I was happy to see that, but it's just nice that Notre Dame has a brand of offensive football running downhill, a little bit of play action sprinkled over the top. Um, and like my big takeaway watching, rewatching the game again last night and a kid like Michael Mayer, a man like Michael Mayer, it's hard to continue to come up with new adjectives to praise the guy. But, and we touched on this last year. I know we had like, he's entering in like Notre Dame into Notre Dame legend status. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, I know we talked about this specifically with Kyron Williams. Like if a young kid, you know, an eight-year-old kid is watching Notre Dame first football for the first time, Watching Kyron Williams play could make somebody a Notre Dame football fan just because of the, the style and the heart. And it's like Michael Mayer is so dependable and is such a leader, does everything right. Um, he's fun off the field. Um, like Michael Mayer, to me, is almost like this year's Kyron Williams. And we're just so blessed to have him on our team and hopefully he stays healthy. But uh, I mean, truly, dude, the kid's remarkable. You know, he could have had a better game. You know, Drew missed him on a walk-in touchdown. But those are kind of my immediate takeaways. And uh, some of this is stuff is stuff I called for, Mike. It's like, let's run downhill. Let's You don't want to run off tackle with a team against a team like UNC with that, that much team speed on defense. Run it down their throat, turn it into a fist fight, and um, hopefully we carry that forward. Drew Pine, 24 of 34, 289, three touchdowns. Um, and then if you look at um, Notre Dame's big plays um, that this um, website 
says is passing play of more than 15 yards. Notre Dame had seven of them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Pine had a beautiful ball to Lorenzo Styles. Styles is wide open, but still perfect ball. Um, I had a really nice crosser to Mare. I want to say that was later in the game. I want to say it was this one late or midway through the third quarter. So, I mean, I think this is prime Drew Pine ball. It was basically what you saw last week when he got things rolling against Cal, but then you mix in the element of throwing some some balls. Yeah. What did you make of Pine's performance? It was great. Um, And, again, you know, I kind of – Pine's fun to kind of bust his chops a little bit with the whole belly button thing and this and that, but – um, he's what we have. So, like I said, I'm always going to support our starting quarterback. Just it's, it's fun too, or it's, I guess it's a nice, it's nice for Drew that Tyler's hurt. So like, there is no conversation about Pine versus Buckner, the back and forth that you and I've dealt with the last two years in terms of any entertaining all those questions and that's kind of debate. So Drew played exceptionally well. Still missed a few throws, still missed Lindsey deep. You know, what's new? Uh, we missed Lindsey on a deep ball. He missed Mayer kind of on that walk-in, kind of little blue pass. But Drew gets a ton of credit, bro. But on the same – and uh, on the other hand, Coach Reese needs to get a lot of credit as well. Mm-hmm. What you saw yesterday, several variables. I'm sure I'll forget a couple, but it's like pass protection was close to perfect. Um the execution across the board was close to perfect. You had UNC playing off in terms of the secondary all day. I mean, Dan Arlovsky. Why? Why would you do that if you're North Carolina? What what Notre Dame receiver has shown that's a deep threat? Can take well, Lindsey, of course. You know, he's a deep threat, but uh, he's not going to catch it. But yeah, they we're not going to connect. So uh, yeah, so I don't really know. I mean, Orlovsky, who did a great job in the booth, uh, kind of a fun guy. Um, we worked out together for the NFL. We had the same agent, but like Dan was, um, he said more than once, he was like, UNC is just giving it away. They're just giving up the underneath route. So it was like, when you look at Pine's performance, the offensive line played well, both in pass protection. It was opening up massive lanes for our running game. Um, and then just the, the lack of defensive pressure, it almost felt like, bro, like watching that offense, it almost felt like, a walkthrough slash scrimmage kind of tempo and um, almost like a, like a dress rehearsal for the offense. So, and then, you know, I, we were kind of having our little text debate, you, me, and Tim. And it's like uh, when Tyler was in there, there was no running game. And if there was a running game, he was it. So it's like, this is what you see under coach Reese's offense. If you give a quarterback time to make, to process his reads, you give him a running game, this is the end result. So, again, it goes back to the identity. Pine's going to take his shots, a little bit of play action here and there. What I don't want to see is if we get into a bind against North, uh, excuse me, against BYU, I don't want to see us divert from the running game. Like, we have to continue to stick with it, run the ball, power game, inside, play defense. That's our identity. I've called for it all year. We have to stick with it. So I don't want to see if BYU, the first, we get, you know, a few three and outs in the first quarter, like nothing's clicking. 
I don't want to see on the third or fourth series us empty or empty it out and go five wide. Please, let's just stick with the program. I just I don't think that Notre Dame would do that unless they're in an absolute desperation mode, Mike. Because they just don't have the personnel for that. You know, it's not like, oh. But we've seen Reese try it. I mean, we've seen him try it. I mean, we've seen fine. five wide plenty of times. Oh, well, but, with, with Buckner, I mean, we yeah. we had saw him five wide. Yeah, I think more with Buckner. Cause it's like, let's see what we have here. But with Pine, I don't think that that's, that's, that's just going to be an option. I think that what we see, what we saw against North Carolina, that's that's the template for this offense. And, Mike, is it kind of like North Carolina did literally everything – to help Notre Dame move the football. I mean, it, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, is it more of Notre Dame or success or North Carolina bad? I think it's probably 50-50. Like, North Carolina's defense was terrible, but Notre Dame didn't shoot themselves in the foot much at all. Yeah, yeah. You would. I, I watched your and Tim's show, um, and I think, yeah, you would, you would ask Tim. You would say, yeah. Tim, is it more Notre Dame executing – efficiently or is it unc just being a bad defense and the answer is yes yeah what was the answer take what was his worst take mike i wasn't really paying that close of attention (laughs) if i'm being completely honest with you but i did have it on in the background i was working in the garage so um yeah i think i think the answer is yes we we did except we played exceptionally well on offense and unc's they're a bad football program they sort of collapsed. I mean, there was a, a run there at the fourth quarter. They had two unnecessary roughness penalties, a pass. In, I think they had three major penalties back to back to back. You know, the sideline commenter, they're, they're fighting on the sidelines. They're not a great team, but it's just, a, it's a good, it's a nice confidence builder for us. And, um, you know, no penalties, no drive killers on offense to speak of. You know, Blake Fisher got a little loose, got a false start once, but, um, Again, it just comes back to we now have an identity. And I feel like so many of these shows, Michael, I swear to you, it's like deja vu. It's like I, we've said these same things previous seasons, previous games we have. You know, why do we have to go through this two, three-week trial process before it's like, okay, we've got a bunch of studs on the O-line. Let's just pound the ball. And then who is the new freshman that everyone's in the – I mean, Notre Dame could have scored 150 points to, on Saturday, but if Tobias Merriweather doesn't play, that's all we can talk about in the YouTube. Uh, like, I just uh, – the 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 comments of, you know, what, what does Tobias Merriweather – or what does Matt Salerno do that Tobias Merriweather can't? What, what What's your response to that, Mike? Because that's a, a very prevalent thing. Um. I, you know, we we talked about the word trust, and I think coaches have said as much in terms of the responses. Why is it Tobias seeing more run on the field? And it's a it's a question of trust. So Matt Salerno is probably one of those kids. He's the first in the building. He's the last one to leave. The coaches trust him, and he's earned that trust. He's earned that opportunity. I don't imagine he's going to take the top off a of defense like Tobias would. Uh, but you've got a bye week here, right? So that gives him and a lot of younger guys, Prince Kali, in a wink, wink. I can't really wink that well, but uh, I think we're going to see a lot more Prince next week with JD being out again, missing another first half. And, um, you know, I don't know if you've been to South Bend, Mike, they've got a really nice mire there. They've got Walmart, you know, JD needs to stop, you know, needs to learn to shop somewhere else, you know, stay away from target. It's just, it's, I was trying to come up with like a dad target joke all, all night. It's the best I can do, but, uh, <laughs> That's you know, stop chopping it. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, yeah, terrible. I think Prince is going to play a little bit, but yeah, but this off season, or excuse me, this off week should give Tobias more reps and more opportunity 
to earn that coach's trust. Um, but again, I mean, after the way that we started this season, a lot of things went out the window in terms of big plans and big goals for this for the season. That's the perfect time for a coach to roll out a young kid and just give him an opportunity. So he has to be developmentally further behind. But some people were going to die on that Tobias Merriweather Hill, and God love him. You yeah, know, well, we saw it with Jordan Johnson, and now he's you know lighting it up um, on uh, UCF's bench. Uh, it's just one of those things like, do you, do you trust the coaches? That's up to you. If you don't, then yell for Merriweather. But if you do, then. Uh, yeah. Let's focus on, and you know, I know you and I did like a, maybe it was the last podcast that you and I did prior to kicking off the season against Ohio state. And I had talked about, this could be the, a new era of Notre Dame where we're like creating the stars, like the Ricky waters and the rocket Ishmael's, the Michael stone breakers, the Todd lights, like, you know, that I sort of grew up watching and sort of made me fall in love with Notre Dame. We're starting to see it a little bit four games into the season, like Audric Estime, like how can you not root for a kid that runs that hard, runs behind his pads? Obviously, Michael Mayer is a, a star. Um, you know, we, we're still looking for a couple more, but uh, let's focus on the talent and the production that we do have. And I'm telling you, Audric Estime, I know we'll talk about it, but I was re-watching – before I got on this, I was watching the fourth quarter. And that kid on the drive prior to him fumbling in the end zone, and what an effort, right? We won't hold it against him. But he's heaving. I mean, he's sucking wind, right? He's sucking wind, and he's not tapping his helmet. Like, he's like, give me the ball more, uh, even though he's out of breath. And I'm just like, man, I love to see that kind of stuff, dude. I love to see it. All right, let's talk running backs, and then I want to just kind of get your overall thoughts on the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave, I made this point um, it, with with the show t- with with Tim Hyde right after the game. I think it was Diggs actually got the start. He did um, a lot in the first quarter. Estime didn't even get a carry in in the first quarter. You didn't see him. Um, he, I mean, he had three carries going into halftime. And then you see him look at all these fourth quarter carries, Mike. These are all fourth quarter carries. Um, so it just seemed like a like let's get these digs carries going, and then let's get more Tyree involved, and then let Estime finish the game because salted away. It, the this defense is clearly sucking wind. And now you got a fresh Audric Estime pounding the rock. I mean, dude, he got through the line with ease. And then when he broke into the second level, it was five, ten yards after contact, like every single time. The dude was just a beast. And then when we talk about Tommy Reese, and I always will say this, I'm fine with giving the unpopular opinions. I think Tommy's been outstanding. He might be Notre Dame's offensive MVP this year. Well, not Joe Alt. Well, that was a given, Mike. Um, yeah, so he's one, Joe Alt's one A, Coach Reese is one B. Well, so you just threw a lot at me. So let's okay. let me un- un- go to running it. backs and then Tommy. You sound like you're turning into me, dude. You're just going on these <laughs> five minute rants. So, what do you want me to talk about first? Uh, uh, the running backs, running back usage, and then Tommy. Pecu- peculiar that Logan Diggs got the start. That's kind of like you didn't play at all last week and you get the start. I'll go along with it. To your point, Mike, we're going to trust the coaches. He looked a little bit a little bit bouncier, a little bit more decisive. And I'd still like to see him lose like five pounds or something just to get a little bit more burst out of him. 
Um, I like the usage of Tyree. And again, I think Tyree is going to make for a nice little NFL player because you can do so many things with him. Um, and Estime is probably my favorite right now, just total package. Because again, I like, I want the downhill running. When we play these elite teams at Clemson, Ohio State, they have speed. And the best counter to speed is to punch somebody in the freaking, you know, punch him in the nose. Um, and I don't care how fast Diggs thinks he is or how fast Tyree actually is. I mean, it's hard to beat a good angle. It's impossible. So estimate to me is your lead back because that's what's going to produce the most against athletic team speed on defense is to run downhill. He runs behind his pads and uh, what's, you know, I'm kind of like watching him run, Mike, and he doesn't necessarily run anybody over. And it's like, you don't see Derek Henry necessarily run anybody over these big, you know, big physically imposing backs, but it's hard for somebody to bring, to will themselves to stand in front of him and take it. So you see a lot of arm tackles, things like that. Estime does a great job. We saw it in the spring game was the first sort of glimpse of this. We saw as him, he can set people up and he steps out of a lot of tackles like we saw Kyron do. So he's not going to just, folks, he's not going to just be blowing people up. This isn't a video game, create a character in Madden. Um, but the way he runs his pads behind his pads, and I texted you and Tim during the game, forget what series it was, maybe second quarter, we're passing, they bring an outside linebacker blitz. Estime steps up and blaps the dude, almost sits the guy down. Number 24 came on a blitz. And um, we hadn't seen that from Diggs, obviously. And he gets a bit of a pass because of the shoulder thing. Okay. But, uh, I mean, that's like picture-perfect pass protection, blocking a guy inside out, being physical. So I'm a big, big, big fan of Estime, primarily, Mike, because you can run downhill. And when you play these elite teams with elite team speed, that's the best counter to speed is to run it down their throat. So that's what, why he gets my vote. All right, and then uh, the the Reese, my Coach Reese. Reese. Well, we said the 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 hate for Reese was so strong the first couple of weeks. It was like, um, it was almost like I don't think he's doing that bad. You know, like we got to execute. So, an offensive coordinator. We talked about this. What are the responsibilities of a coach? Offensive coordinators to scout, to game plan, to uh, you know develop players um and call a great game so i didn't have a problem with his play calls early in the season i had a problem with the execution and yes some of that lack of execution falls on reese and this coaching staff but um you know like when tyler was going we go back to when buckner was behind center there's a lot of interior pressure a lot of false starts and some of that stuff's most of it's been cleaned up and Overnight, once all that cleans up, now uh, Coach Reese is a, you know, a boy genius. So, and I think to his credit, he tried on a lot of different things, a lot of different packages, a lot of different personnel groupings, formation shifts throughout the course of the season. And shockingly, it's like he's he's landed on we're going to have a power running game and, and lean on a, on a pretty strong defense. So good for him for just acknowledging it. And I think the coaching staff, Mike, last thing, the coaching staff across the board, 
uh, defensively too, you're starting to see a little bit less rotation. And I think this coach's coaching staff's really starting to get their arms around who they have, what they're best at, um, as far as performance is concerned. So it should just be more of the same going forward. All right. We'll talk about estimate for another second and then get into the defense, specifically Al Golden. Cause we talk about Tommy Reese, 80% of these shows and never Al Golden. Um, yeah. So you have discussed as a former inside backer that you would rather go in the hole up against someone like Estime rather than mm-hmm. a Tyree. Cause Tyree is going to make you look silly and Estime, you just, just got to hold on for dear life. Do you mm-hmm. feel that way about Estime or is he just a different breed of that power back? Um, yes. Given the choice, if I'm playing on national TV, I'd rather see Audric Estime in a whole one-on-one than I would Tyree personally. I'm 6'3", 6'4". I got to drop my weight all the way down there to try and tackle a kid Tyree's size. 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, so, yeah. I mean, if that's, yeah, he's, you know, again, whatever, however tall coach, uh, or excuse me, however tall uh, Drew Pine is, he and Tyree are looking eye to eye. So that's just my personal preference. What's interesting about the way Audric runs the ball, the timing on the run seems to be a little bit better. Like Tyree has still kind of yet to just, mm, just nail the timing of some of these runs where I know he runs hard. He's a willing runner, but I don't know if he just, the, the holes don't quite seem to be as big for Tyree as they do Estime. And some of that I think is just Estime's, you know, feel for that inside run game. Um, I think Tyree can develop it. But uh, it's like, watch, why don't you see longer runs from Tyree? And I just think he needs to be a little bit like a split second more patient to give those time, give those blocks time to develop. And that's no knock on Tyree. I mean, Tyree's kind of been used as a gadget guy, outside runner up to this point in his career. So I, I think that'll continue to improve throughout the uh, course of the season. Okay. Sorry, the size keeping an eye on the Bucks game. I don't have uh, any money on that one. Um, and uh, yeah, Turn into a real degenerate, bro. Drinking I, I whiskey, bad sports. I, I said I don't have any. On that game, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, good, good, good stuff, Mr. Goolsby, on the running backs in agreement. Um, I had another point on that, but we're just going to move on because now I forget. Defense. Have, have you seen anything schematically different with Al Golden as defensive coordinator? I, I mean, it seems like they're running more four-man fronts than last year. Mm-hmm. What, so yeah. what have you seen from the defense schematically? I, I think it's been a couple games since we've seen um, the, the three down linemen and putting your first-round defensive end at inside linebacker. So I think we finally – flush that down the toilet thank god so that's one big schematic difference um it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The, as far as. I touched on this last week and that they're really trying to feature Maris Gliafau 
um, they're like they're toying with him. Um, so this week we saw him kind of get away from being like a prototypical kind of classic inside linebacker discipline on run fits. And you let him play a little bit more freely. It's like, okay, we're going to use his athleticism and his length and have him spy their quarterback. So that was something different that we hadn't seen. But that takes me back to like a previous point, Mike, and that I think the coaching staff as a whole is like really starting to truly identify what individual players' strengths and weaknesses are, and they're playing to that. Um, I don't think that we see as many exotic pressures as we saw with. Uh, Freeman, I mean, Freeman brought all kinds of noise and some of it didn't make sense. Some of it was poorly timed. So I think just holistically, Mike, I think that Al Golden has a little bit more of a conservative approach, uh, less exotic fires. Um, and then it just comes down to like, you know, individual players winning one-on-one and that you got less on your plate, less to think about. You let your physical talent kind of take over. That's, that's pretty simple. I did see too. You know, Tim's all upset about Cam, uh, Cam Hart giving up that fourth and twenty-one, which is totally justified. Like I get it, but Mike, do we have any interceptions on the year yet? We got a forced fumble, so I think. You know, Cam Hart's watching a little bit too much Jalen Ramsey. You know, uh, but Cam Hart's not. He hasn't signed a hundred million dollar deal yet. Uh, but I feel like some of these kids are putting pressure on themselves to create a pick. I mean, they're getting close, but that's what you see Cam Hart kind of stupidly gambling on a fourth and 21 situation. But I really think the lack of turnovers is what that gamble was sort of born out of, if you if you understand. That was going to be my next question. So I'm glad you mm. uh, covered that one. Milton fam with the super chat. Love the win. Still can't understand what took so long to get um... – uh, Chris Tyree involved uh, offense seems more cohesive. Appreciate the super chat, Milton fan. Yeah, Tim, it it seems like after maybe it was after the Marshall game, it's like where's Chris Tyree in this offense? And I think the media and the fans started clamoring for Tyree and screens, and then against Cal, we saw those things. Mm-hmm. Th- yeah, thoughts on Tyree's performance this season. Um, and this more cohesive offense. And I'll also put up this for our uh, YouTube audience. I'll put up the season stats um, so folks can kind of see um, where that's out, uh, where that's at through the season so far. I, I don't have an answer as to what the coaches, uh, what, where Tyree was up until the, the very recent past. Like, I don't, I don't have the answer. I just, I just know that in that first couple games our interior offensive lineman was doo-doo like they weren't good so it's like okay so and this is what coach reese has had to deal with it's like okay i don't have wide receiver depth i don't have interior line play i'm breaking in a brand new quarterback i think he was trying to figure out like workarounds there versus like okay i'm gonna plug in different kids i've said this multiple times truly i don't know if we knew on any given third down, like what back was in the game. I don't know with like, cause if the, the backs are rotating with coach McCullough, I'm assuming that's his call. Who's coming in and who's going out. And it's like, okay, we're, we're leaving Logan Diggs in to pass protect and pick up blitzers with kind of a, you know, bum shoulder. And we're throwing, uh, you know, toss pitches to, uh, Roger Gestime, you know, we're running him wide. I don't really know if there was a lot of, 
synchronicity to like synchronicity, synchronicity. I like it. I kind of liked it. Just go with it. Synchronicity to like the play call and what player was in the game. And maybe there's been more of a focus towards that. Like, let's actually, okay. And Freeman said that in the press conference, like they each have three different packages, but that never really bear itself out to be true. Like, why would we be running Audric Estimate towards the sideline? <clears throat> so what he says in a press conference isn't necessarily accurate. You know, Tim, Tim really got stuck on that point. Is it three different offenses? I never, I, I don't know. I never thought that was a, a, a big deal. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, eh, it's just not I mean, like I said, I'm not going it, to. It's, it's something that Freeman said in a press conference. It could have been a throwaway comment. Who's your coach, Mike McDaniel, down there in, in like in Miami? Right, mm-hmm. dude loves to talk. Like, he, yeah, I saw a clip where he's going dives real deep into the Tyreek Hill trade, and I'm like, well, that's a young man, young head coach. Probably does a little bit too much talking. So, like, even if Freeman said that out of pocket, like we have three different packages, it didn't. What we saw in the film, film didn't reflect that. And if it yeah. did, it was like you had the wrong guy for the for a specific package. So, either way, I don't have a great answer, um, but I'm just glad we're using. Tyree and hell, I mean, on that pass interference, we put him out there, to, you know, as a slot receiver. I do love the two back offense. I called for that in the offseason. I want some credit for that. The two back offense has been super successful for us thus far when we Mike, use it. I don't know if you can squint and, and really look at the receiving numbers. Oh, goodness. Michael Mayer's your lead. Sorry, let me zoom in, Mr. Crosby. I just turned 40, dude. My eyes are going. <laughs> so Michael okay. Mayer got 22 catches for 233 yards and three touchdowns. That's your leading receiver through four mm-hmm. games. Lorenzo Styles is second with 16 catches for 221 yards and a touchdown. Chris Tyree is your third leading receiver with 12 catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. So let's just I let's s- put the tight ends and running backs aside. Your second leading wide receiver, that position, through four games, has seven catches for 69 yards and zero touchdowns, and that's Braden Lindsay. Is that is that still – like, as we talk about this North Carolina game, there's so many positives, like the play calling, the the 21 personnel usage, Pine, my boy Joe Wall. There's a lot of good to talk about, but it was North Carolina. And they stink – defensively like they're awful they're they're putrid and then notre dame like they still have these big receiver issues like going into the season mike i'm gonna go on a little goolsby tangent the what was the problem like what was the number one concern we had about notre dame the receivers right the that's receiver. the wide receiver yeah but anytime pine struggles it has nothing to do with it we don't talk about the receivers talk about drew pine and tommy reese let's fire those guys and get them benched but the, this receiver thing is this is still an issue, like so. Yeah. Well, well. Uh, I think I said this last week or the week before. It's like, who do you have? Who are you going to war with? You know, we know what Michael Mayer is in terms of dependability, reliability. He's uncoverable. We we're starting to feel pretty good about Lorenzo Styles. Didn't have the greatest game against Cal, but like you know, he's been a consistent. Yeah. And you saw flashes going back to his true freshman year. Um, and you had like Tyree and Estime in terms of like proven commodities playmakers. That's what that's who we're going to war with, right? Um, 
every again going into the comments and i love them like our last video mike you got like 200 comments right we're really i'm out here stirring the pot brother but uh everybody's like we have all this talent we have all this talent we have all this talent well do we do we you know because i mean i'm looking at that number and a former walk-on is your second leading uh well Third. close to being your second leading receiver yeah. brayden Lindsay ain't it he's just not it you know oh yeah. buckner's inaccurate he can't complete a deep ball to Lindsay. it's like well you saw today drew pine can't either so it's like there's a common denominator in that in both of those scenarios and it's it's Lindsay. i mean he's a nice player but um he ain't necessarily it so yeah the talent in that room maybe is overvalued based off of, of star ratings or what have you but um you gotta like go to war with the guys that you, you that have are proven and let's go with that two-back offense and let's use tyree and feature him and like i said he's gonna do that in the nfl I and mean, that's what he's gonna be used as so i don't know if that answers your question mike but uh I don't think these these coaches are being like defiant, just being like, well, we're not going to throw the ball to wide receivers. There's just not that much talent in the room. A uh, quick super chat from um, Renee Martinez. Reen, Reen Martinez, let me know your, your pronunciation. Says, I think we're going to be just fine. And thank goodness Kelly is over. I think Reese and Freeman will do a great job. Appreciate the super chat. Um, Mike, want to talk about J.D. Bertrand. Hmm. So Notre Dame. Gets a turnover against Cal. I still haven't seen the targeting against the Golden Bears and that I, I, I stepped out for that. And um, so he's the reason that Notre Dame didn't get that one. And then he's the reason that Notre Dame got their first turnover of the season. So it's a roller coaster for J.D. Bertrand and then targeting. So mm-hmm. thoughts on Bertrand just these past couple games, and then if you want to touch on that targeting call as well, I hated it personally. Well, it is what it is. So it is what it is. You know, if I go speed limits 45 miles an hour and I get pulled over going 48, eh, I was still speeding. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, hey. So the note that I put in and my printer kind of screwed it up, but I was like, Kali versus JD, right? So we saw a little bit of Kali because JD obviously wasn't available for the first half. Coaches have the game plan, Mike. Okay. And I know that JD Bertrand's a captain, which is so interesting because like Bo Bauer doesn't really rotate in anymore. And he's a captain, special teams captain. Then your other captain, JD, will miss an entire game of football due to these targeting penalties. So they got to get ready for BYU. So that means first half BYU, that means that Kali's going to get a lot of those reps in place of JD, which is going to just further or uh, accelerate Kali's uh, development. Um, I like JD as a player just because I know he plays hard, but like you're a bit of a liability. I mean, up to this point, objectively speaking, you're going to miss a whole game of football, two, two first halves because of how reckless you play. And that's no different than going back to like Tobias May- Merriweather. Can he earn a coach's trust? Is J.D. Bertrand, did he have the coach's trust? Is he losing the coach's trust? Because they can't game plan for you because you can't play. You're not there. Right. I mean, it's no different than a kid that's like constantly hurt and he always has nagging things. Those coaches over time grow frustrated so 
it's a frustrating situation for the coaching staff. It's a frustrating situation for JD. I'm a fan of his because he plays hard again, physically limited. Um, but the 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 silver lining there, Michael, is Prince Kali, who I've always been a fan of. He's he's getting an opportunity to have maybe a, a premature comeuppance in terms of like his development. And the few snaps that you saw him play, completely different athlete in terms of the explosiveness that he's been blessed with. Forgive me, Mike, for um, not remembering your wins and losses, specifically going into a bye week when you were playing at Notre Dame. I was in grade school after all. Um, but I'm sure you've had losses going into a bye week and a win going into a bye week. Mm-hmm. How big is it for Notre Dame to get the win going into the bye week, especially considering you're two and two now with two straight wins rather than one and three? Yeah, I think uh, it's huge, especially for this team that we talked about or I talked about kind of that fake tough guy sort of persona that we brought to the field versus Ohio State. You know, we came out throwing Dukes, throwing haymakers, landed a few. But we forgot that there was a second half, and it took us – it's taken us a couple weeks to sort of recover from that and kind of rebrand ourselves. And, you know, I saw some clips and some photos uh, post-game in the locker room, and it was like uh, a, kind of a, a feel-good energy, a lot of confidence. It was just great for that – a team that sort of maybe has a little bit of like a fragile – persona um you know still kind of finding their way of of who we are as a team so this in this particular case it's it's huge to go into this bye week we we just beat beat their ass i mean we beat that ass you know it's like that's great (laughs) and you take that into the bye week and uh i think it's going to be fun to see a couple young players that we've like, you know, holding sleighs as Dan Orlovsky kept calling him. And how difficult is it is, is it to say Michael Mayer? You know, if I had a nickel, if we're playing a drinking game watching that time, every time I hear Michael Meyer, it's like, you know, take a drink, but Harry Highstand. Harry Highstand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh holding sleighs, but holding stays, Eli Raritan playing a little bit. Like, I mean, it's a fun opportunity. They've got they've been able to dip their toes in. And, you know, Prince Kali, Xavier Watts, DJ Brown's got a hamstring, so you might see a little bit more of him. So I think it'll be good for the team. Yeah, one thing I don't think is really interesting anymore is who started a game. Like, that's a big thing, though, on the starter. I mean, because you know who was a starter was Mr. Slays. Holden Stays was Mm -hmm. on the field for that first snap. He played. And Diggs. And Diggs, right? Yeah, yeah, nine. Nine snaps. He had nine snaps. Mm -hmm. And um, Diggs had 22. That was the least of the tight ends. And yeah, Davis Sherwood play. So it's like I don't, I don't really care who started. Davis Sherwood did a great job too. He's a nice player, isn't he? And there's a there's a kid that I walk I, I worked out with, and Barrett Liebentritt, who's a walk on preferred walk on Omaha kid. So he plays um, behind Sherwood, and uh, so I'm familiar with that position and kind of their responsibilities. Barrett's on kick return and punt return. He's doing doing awesome. But yeah, Davis Sherwood played well. Um, you know, when I heard that Bauman was out, you feel for the kid, obviously it sucks, but you know, again, the silver lining is man, those two freshmen between Holden and Eli, dude, they look good. Like physically they look great. And somebody's telling me Holden stays is a little bit lighter, but he, I mean, the way he's built, he's almost built like your boy, uh, Burnham 
in terms of like the thin waist and the big chest and the shoulders. Like, man, he looks the part. They both do. Eli hasn't gotten a target yet, but look at those That's 30 fair. snaps. That's huge for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's been blocking well. I mean, when, oh, yeah. for him um, in high school, I mean, he's this dominant basketball player and a big-time receiving threat. I don't think I thought of him as a as a blocking, you know, as this good of a blocker. He's, I think he's going to be the next Michael Mayer for this Notre Dame offense as that all around guy at the tight end spot. I think he's been told as much by the staff as well. And uh, so much of blocking is just some of it's just effort and like the willingness to stick your face in there to close that distance between me and a. I mean, there's times where. You know, he's the you, excuse me, the why. He's got yep. his hand in the dirt, and Michael Mayer's the move guy. And you've got a true freshman, Eli Raritan, going man to man against a 22 year old defensive end from UNC and yeah. more than holding his own. So he's going to earn his catches if and when they come. But um, every time we talk about Notre Dame against North Carolina, I'm like, is this fool's gold? Like, how much is this? Is uh is full school. All right, uh Martinez with another super chat. Appreciate it. He says, Mike, what is your opinion going to Vegas? And is Vegas really BYU's backyard? I feel like Vegas and, and Brigham Young are complete opposites, but I guess uh geographically. we're talking geographically. Yeah, not so much lifestyle. Um, with our offense finding themselves in BYU being defensive minded. So what what's what's your opinion on? I don't know if you've got to watch BYU or know much about that team right now, Mike, but do you have any I did watch the BYU I, I did watch the BYU Oregon game and um I I didn't really dr- drill into this and um what an asset Tim Hyde's become. I mean, like in terms of that guy puts in puts so in the hours. Yes, he does. He's ball Tim, we love you, man. He watches every video. He watch. I'm sure he's watched every second of the Goolsby show we've ever done for three seasons. And but I'm saying he'll go back and watch Ty Detmer film. Like he'll go back and <laughs> I mean. So Tim's a Tim's a huge asset to the team. John Elway played there too. Is that John Elway played it by UIU? I think so. But then I think he. Uh, Stanford. Yeah, think oh right. crap. Stanford. Oh gosh, I'm gonna get some heat for this. No, I, I think you're thinking of um, Steve Young. Okay, all right. At least I was close. I was in the ballpark. I think that's what you're thinking. Yeah, um, great school. So I thought in watching that BYU Oregon game that BYU was a little bit overvalued. So I was like, I don't know if they're as good as we thought they were prior to the season kicking off. And obviously, there's folks that think the same way about us. So it should be like somewhat of an evenly matched team. Um, I would say that we have better athletes where it counts. I lost to BYU at BYU in my first game my senior year. So they I mean they've got players, guys are older, you know, they've done their they've done their mission, they'll be well coached, they'll play hard. They won't back down. Uh so I would if just without really doing too much research, and I'll lean on Tim, but um it should be a, a physical ball game to say the least. And it's just, I just want to say this. We thought we were Billy Badass going into the Ohio State game, right? We had been gassing ourselves up all offseason to come in and, and win this fist fight against Ohio State. Didn't quite work out. Um, we brought that style of football uh, to this week's game against the Tar Heels. I'm assuming we're going to bring it again against BYU. And uh, they're going to give us more pushback than UNC did. So this will be a real test for our toughness in this physical brand of football that we're, it seems like we're going to 
we really uh, adopted here. Michael says Vegas has a large Mormon population, believe it or not. So I've only been to Vegas once. It's a pretty cool place. Well, it's um, overrated. Ugh. If we played that good. Um, talk about what did cantina. you just say? They have a Taco Bell cantina. What is that? It's uh, it's Taco Bell, but they serve alcohol. And it's just it's just a cool Taco Bell. It has like an, a second floor. And Mike, just, that's your takeaway. I love Taco Bell. <laughs> it's, I can't oh, look, Mike. Yeah. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I can't talk about the whole. No, trip apparently not. Apparently Taco not. Bell. The Taco Bell was fantastic. Oh Boy my Walker god! With the super chat, if we played that good all year, um, that we played against North Carolina, you know, do you think we'd be four and zero, three and one? I know North Carolina's defense sucked, but our defense is playing better. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think if we played like that against Ohio State, I think we could have won. You know, but you didn't have – when we lost to Marshall, Mike, who did I put that loss on? Do you recall? You do so many of these shows, I'm sure they run together. Who did I put that loss on? Probably Drew Pine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm sorry. It's fine. I put it on the offensive line and I put it on the defense. Okay. So, like, the offensive line going into the season, like, okay – that's our foundation. We can stand on our offensive line. I have confidence in that. And they didn't perform well as, as far as the interior three. Patterson's still coming off this. Well, he didn't even play against Ohio State. He's kind of nursing an injury. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, and they've gotten better. They're less leaky. So it's like, had that been the case going into an Ohio State game, we might have won that game. I mean, so you could be 4-0, but – and then we was after that it was just kind of discombobulation all over the place in terms of like okay we're freaking out like Tyler Buckner's our leading rusher and we're trying to throw the ball with him so it's like we didn't have an identity until the last second half of the Cal game and now this game so it's like had we just stuck to that stuck to our guns coming out the second half of last day you might have knocked them off too man so this team in its its current form is going to be a power run game. And it's going to be defense. We knew that going into the Ohio State game. We sort of got away from it. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that we've sort of rediscovered it, I guess. You want to talk Maris Lefo? We can, sure. If Drew White was the guy that you, um, you know, were the hardest on last year, it's last couple of years, probably Maris this year. So, um, well, there's nothing sadder than wasted potential. In, in any in any facet of life, but yeah, go ahead. Six tackles and a and a half sack. We'll, we'll, he play better. What do you think? Yeah, he played better. Like I said, I mean, the, the that defensive coaching staff. I think they know who he is as an athlete. And Maris will play in the NFL. I mean, a kid that runs like he does with his kind of length. Like, I mean, he'll play in the NFL unquestionably if as long as he stays healthy, and stays out of trouble, all that. Um. But like we've seen him walked up as a as a def, uh, stand up defensive end. We tried that. Let's see if that's a, a fit. We've had him as a stand up outside linebacker and like a bare front, and we've seen him as a will. Um, and a kid like that, like he's he's not. It's just not in his DNA to be like a super disciplined. Like no matter what happens, I gotta I gotta fit. I have to fit. It just doesn't suit his nature. So this week they let him just kind of freewheel a little bit more and just and play that spot position. You know, he's again he uses those long arms. So he's we found kind of a, a fit for him. 
um, and the productivity went up. I mean, I can be hard on Maris and I'm, I hope he's harder on himself because he's been so physically blessed with a lot of, you know, physical gifts and a two tackle performance against a cow. He knows he's a better player than that as, as do I. So it was nice to see him uh, shine. And, you know, we play so much nickel, man. I'm, we don't really have a Rover anymore. Like, I mean, Tariq, right. we play, they, we play so much nickel with two inside linebackers. It's like a lot of this week was Jack Kaiser and it was Marist. Yep. No bell Bauer, a little Seventh bit snap. of Kali. Kali got power, 10 snaps, Kali. Yeah. Bertrand and 11, Kali. Tui Halamaka three. Yeah. So it's like, again, I think the coaching staff at this juncture of the season kind of realizes who they have and who we're going to kind of run with. Um, but I still think you could use Marist in some – like if I really wanted to get Prince Kali and we did this exercise, like who's your who's your favorite three linebackers, I still think you could put Marist in sort of a drop overhang outside line outside linebacker position, use his length, plug Kali in at will, and then, you know, if you had J.D. or Bo playing Mike or something like that, I still think you could do more with Marist in pass coverage, whereas this coaching staff seems like a little bit more – focused on getting him to bring pressure one other thing that i want to talk about just in terms of maris the defense in general is like i'm sure they track this but like the way that we've been rotating it's almost like a hockey line like massive rotation for this group they're going to get this series okay and then we're going to bring in the next group of linebackers and the next group of defensive line and the next group of safeties like we're playing five safeties up to this six linebackers rotating our our entire defensive line unit but were they tracking the results of said drive so if it was like Bo and kaiser and they go on an 80 yard touchdown run versus we had i'm just hypotheticals we had jd and marist and it was a three and out are they tracking that because like what what units what pieces are we finding the most success with so i i assume that was a question for me going into the game i think the coaches kind of are starting to figure out what those answers are terms of you know what guys are the most productive and the most efficient the most three and outs etc okay got the the stats up so notre dame allowed 367 yards i mean north carolina really couldn't get much going on the ground mm-hmm. um, just kind of an overall thought on the defense mike um and we're gonna go about nine ten minutes um more for the show so if you guys have any more super chats please drop them and We'll get to them before we close the show, but are you concerned much about the defense moving forward? Um, I mean, for me, like the Cam Hart touchdown, you don't seem very, um, you know, you upset about it. Not maybe not. That's not the right word. Concerned is probably the right word. For no. me, I'd rather have a guy who's talented, and it's just like a hey, don't do that again, and you learn not to do it rather than a guy who can't play. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, just thoughts on maybe allowing some big plays because Notre Dame seemed to get a lot of one-on-one scenarios out, outside and, and may, you know, torched them sometimes. Yeah. I think, um, I think may was a little bit probably overvalued in terms of the way that he's played the previous two games, just slightly overvalued the cam Hart like giving up a touchdown of fourth and 21. It's dumb. But like I said, I do think that that's kind of born out of like a sense of urgency. Like, man, we got to create some turnovers. And you're up My, 42, 26 in the. Floor. Yeah, he's like, dude, I'm trying to make a crib call. I'm trying to pick this and get to the crib, get on Sports Center. I get it. 
a bigger concern with Cam though is like I just don't feel like he's and I know he had a hamstring kind of coming out of training camp, but like I just don't feel that he's played with the same amount of like urgency that he did last year. Like last year, I still think he was trying to make a name for himself, played a little bit harder. And then, you know, we're like, oh, well, Cam Hart's, you know, 6'2", 200 pounds, runs really well. He's an NFL guy. And I feel like he's playing like he's already there. I, I just don't think he's played up to his potential thus far. But, yeah, the defense has been great. Um, we just need to start creating turnovers, man. Like, I believe that the most important statistic in football is the turnover margin. We're negative for the year. Um, and I'd like to see that change. And I think that that's that's just my big ask of the defense is to rally to the ball. Um, it makes makes them go have fun and, and, and knock knock a few balls loose, tip a few passes. It's something they should really take pride in. It'd be very hard for Notre Dame to be positive in the turnover category, considering they have won in four games. So it's a yeah. very astute observation, Mike. Hey, man, just. <laughs> Letting everybody know, dude, just reiterating it. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me your five best players for Notre Dame this season. I'll let you stew on that because you talk about a lot. The coaches can call an amazing game, you, you but you need guys to, to just step up and make plays. Mm. Hey, against Marshall, Braden Lindsay, that ball was a little bit overthrown. But, bro, if you want to be a standout player, haul it in. Like, that's the difference between, you know, you just being a guy and you being a star. Like, make those big plays. So, give me your year five, Mike. Who are the guys making those plays? And you can do, like, five um, offense, five defense if you want. But I, I really want five. I don't have that. five on defense. Um. All right. So – First name I wrote down was Joe Walt. My boy. I know I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> um, but no, Joe Walt's been and folks, and again, folks like, in folks in YouTube with Lust Live or watching back, please drop your five as well. I think uh yeah, that a boy, Mike. I think uh Alt's played exceptional and again, like we were talking about Holden and Eli just sort of physically looking the part, like Alt looks the part. Um Michael Mayer. But I'm putting an asterisk because it's like he's played so well that I almost don't want to add him to the list because it's too obvious. I'm putting Estime in that group. Um, I'd put Tyree in that group. I don't have a wide receiver in that group. So that's on offense. Oh. Be all... Do you think about Styles? No. Okay. He hasn't done anything to me that's like really – jumped off the screen to me. Like, I think he's been fine. But, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, Alt, Mayor, Estimate, Tyree, um, I'm putting Howard Cross and Jacob Lacey in there. I think Riley Mills has kind of come on. I'm leaving Isaiah Foskey out. I don't have one for the linebackers. And uh, you asked for five, Mike, and, you know, I'm going to Well, we're going go to so, Yeah, so I'm going to go on defense. I'm going Cross, Lacey. I think Mills has played well in, you know, in terms of maximizing his ability. You feel me on that, Mike? Sure. Um, and I'd probably put, uh, obviously, Tariq Bracey. You did put me on the spot, so half of this is your I know, fault. I know, and, I know. Really and then I'm saying Benjamin Moore. I'm saying Benjamin Morrison. May I add uh, John Sott? You, of course you can. Fantastic. All right, so here's who we got. 
Um, we got a lot. Let's see if I can offense. It's offense is Joe Alt, Michael Mayer, Estime. Right, this Tyree. is what I've got, Mike. Alt, Estime, Mayer, Tyree, Cross, Lacey, Mills, Bracey, Morrison, Saw. That's a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's ten or eleven. Trim it down. Give me. Five. I, I really, I really want five. Okay, I'm going Tariq Bracey, Michael Mayer, Joe Alt, uh, Cross, and Estime. Bracey, Mayer, Alt, Cross, Estime. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now let's. Can we just kind of run through? That group. I'm gonna get torched for that. I'm gonna. I'm no, gonna dude, no. Everybody. Yeah, go ahead. All let's, right, well, let's, let's continue the forgetting. exercise. Let's no, let's just say you're who you'd be forgetting. Not not a quarterback. Um, I think SMA's been the best running back. Maybe Styles. I mean, you could say yeah, Styles. Could, we can discuss Styles. Mayor, obviously, I don't think there's another tight end. Alt, I don't think there's another offensive lineman. Like, we're not gonna go with freaking five offensive linemen for this or anything. So, Alt's your best offensive lineman. Defensive line, I think Cross. I mean, he was. Is he still the leading tackler? I mean, he was the leading tackler after the Cal game. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Him. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's got 23 tackles. Um, I mean, he's – I mean, 23 tackles at the defensive line spot. I mean, that, that that's good. That's not like 23 tackles at safety. You're making plays when you're a defensive lineman. Making and I go, yeah, and I think, you know, that was a fun exercise, and I'm sure you're going to finish your thought. But, like, yeah. I, I've, talk, I've talked about the potential versus production. And, like, these are guys that, to me, are, like, maximizing their physical gifts. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Go ahead. What were you – so what's the – I don't think there's – I don't know if there's one at linebacker. And I think you hit the best defensive back. So I think this is a good list. Yeah. And I mean, I put Morrison up. Morrison, I mean, it's, it's – close. Like – and Morrison's got a lot of physical potential, but he's so young. And it's like Brandon Joseph's played fine. I think they're, I think Xavier Watts has played fine. But I think that the expectation for a Brandon Joseph was much higher than what the production has been. Um, and, I mean, X Watts is one of my favorite players. He took a bad angle on that uh, Clarence Lewis long ball. But, God, I like the way that Xavier plays the game, dude. You know, and I think Tim, Tim said it best, like – you know, he comes downhill so violently and, and he's such a, a blur that you have to wait till the, the pile clears up. You're like, oh, that was X Watts because he closes so violently. Two two things and then we're going to get out of here because as it. you talked about Watts, I just think he's a football player, man. Hell yeah. Football player. I think as someone – and I don't like the dog on players. That's not my MO. But Braden Lindsay seems like more of a track star to me, you know. Like, I think, like, I don't know if you throw Cam Hart in there, but guys that are maybe a little bit more specialty players, not one-trick ponies, but kind of in that realm, whereas Watts, someone just can do it all, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Give Mare a jet sweep for crying out loud. Yeah, they can physically do a lot of good, a lot of things well. And it was great, I think, on that Clarence Lewis touchdown. You know, that receiver, I'm assuming, is probably a 4-4-4-5 guy. He was not pulling away on Xavier in terms of – Xavier's like a 4-7-ish guy. But, like, Xavier was, you know, matching with him in terms of the speed. But, you know, it's like a it's like a Lindsay. It, it, and I've watched a ton of football, man. Yeah. 
And it's like when you kind of get into the culture and sort of the makeup of some of these players, and like, you know, I touched on this with Deion Colsey, who got a few snaps. Like, Deion Colsey's healthy, right? He's playing, he's done some special teams and whatever. But like, I just don't see like with the body English with, uh, not Lorenzo Styles, excuse me, with Braden Lindsay. I just don't see it, man. Like, I, I just don't see that, like, that, that willingness to go up and get it and go compete. And that's, you know, that's a big, big, big part of what football is, you know, and like Michael Mayer's doing stuff. He don't have to do because it's just, it's in his core. It's who he is, you know? Yeah. So not a bad thought. Kind of makes sense. No, that was fun. I, I, I'd like to give it another two, three games and see if our, I'm our, talking about our just my, changes. my, uh, not the top five thing. That was obviously great. The, um, you know, just the, the, the football guys, just like football, like Xavier Watson is a football guy. But isn't isn't a part of being a football guy, like uh, you know, like most like you said on this show, like well, you're that's spoken like a true inside linebacker, right? Because that's who I am. Yeah, you know, like let's go play in the parking lot, let's go compete, right? So I mean, that's part of what being a a, a football player is, is the the drive, you know. And it just so happens that a kid like X Watts X Watts has that. All right, um, Thomas. Once a live watch show for BYU game with Ghoulsby Hyde Singer. It's something we've tossed around. Um, I it's it's in the pipeline. It's in the pipeline. Um, now Milton fans super chat historically is Notre Dame hesitant to playing freshmen. I mean, I wish Lou Samoji were with us or Tim Hyde mm-hmm. were on the show. Maybe you save that for Tim Hyde. Um, he's he's more of a historian than myself and Mike. But do you want to? Do you have any thoughts on this? Mike? I would say. I would like to say. Time, yeah, we, it seems like all the time we say. They're not playing Merriweather, but Ben Morrison, Jaden Mickey, Eli Raritan, Holden stays. <laughs> like if you want to go, yeah. like it's, Collie are... played as a true Collie played as a true freshman. I mean, Joe Walt, um, Joe Walt, Blake Fisher, yeah. Uh, so I would say that under Brian Kelly, the re, let's if we're saying historically, we'll just talk about the very recent history. I think that that was true with Brian Kelly. Um, and this will probably get into this a little bit in the offseason in terms of like the way that they've recruited or haven't recruited quarterbacks and stuff like that. But yeah, I think that Brian Kelly looked for like a safe player. I think that Brian Kelly was is happy to engineer a 10 win season. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that historically under Brian Kelly, that was the case. I felt a little bit of that, like that seniority thing. Uh, Notre Dame's culture is so strong that it's like, yeah, you almost have to pay your dues. And unless so we, we can, you know, get some of these freak athlete. Yeah, I mean, we're playing Holden Stays. We're playing Eli this year. Right? We're playing freshmen. So it isn't unless it isn't unless you get an exceptional kid that's like, man, we got to get this kid on the field. And we haven't had a lot of those types of players. You're going to start to see more roll in with Freeman. So I do think that, that that narrative will change in terms of all things being equal, the, the senior – doesn't deserve to play because he's been here for four years and paid his dues. In my purview, the young kid deserves to play because he's got the most upside. Yeah, it, it, it's nice, like the the human elements of you've been here all these years. We want to give you, you know, your shot. You've earned it. With the kind of that juxtaposed with, I need to play the best player to keep my job. You know, as a coach, you know, like that's important too. So well, we're trying to win a national championship, man. And it's like, uh, you know, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I think we'll start to see more talented kids come in and get get inserted and get rolled in. Um, and that's all part of that development piece. Yeah. You know, I mean, shoot, look at the wide receiver position, Mike. I mean, like, 
under what's his face. I forget the receivers coach, Dell Alexander. Like, none of these kids played until they're four years into the program. Like, that's one extreme. You know, playing a bunch of true freshmen is another extreme. Yeah, but we have to go, you know, hedge more towards the younger side if they've got some physical gifts. Mr. Goolsby, fun show as always. So I'm guessing we'll probably miss you next Sunday. Um, just, I mean, just so Mike Singer, I, I do four live shows a week now. So it's, it's going to have to be three. So I probably will take off next Sunday for the live show. Unless you really are raring up to go, then we, we can we can hop on there. Um, yeah, whatever's clever, man. I thought I've, I've been wanting to, I was thinking like I'd like to do like a 10, 15 minute. I say 10 minutes and you wind me up, probably make it 30 minutes. But like I'd like to do a 10 minute like almost day of the game. Like here's what I'm thinking about. Okay. Or, or no. So maybe going in the for going forward, if you're available, like, okay, kickoffs at one let's jump on at like one o'clock, just boom, let's jump into the watch the game and then come back, revisit it Sunday night. But I think right. Sunday night at six o'clock central um, has been good. All right. Sweet. Well, uh, that's um, kind of our logistic talk. Yeah. The, the, this is, this is how we, we discussed it's crazy so we it's been pretty quiet in the chat the super chats dude it's like man when notre dame wins you know nobody wants to talk notre dame football like when we lose it's it's good for our business right isn't that bizarre interesting is what's good for our business whatever's interesting yeah that's fair losing you know beating clemson in 2020 you're losing to marshall i i think one of our biggest shows ever was obviously the ohio state game but Toledo, Toledo mm. last year was one of our biggest shows for for yeah. live shows. Obviously, the Marshall one, yours and the Hyde show were were huge. Um, Milton fans, why aren't you on uh, on Shoremore? Shoremore, maybe. Look, look, guys, the Goolsby show is a treat. You get it once a week, and it's a treat. We load up these shows. Lots, lots of good stuff. Yeah, man. And I, I, I do put a fair amount of effort in, Mike, into trying to think of like novel thoughts and try to bring up talking points because there's a lot of Notre Dame, you know, football coverage out there. And I just I can't say enough about how much I appreciate the support and continue to try and grow this sucker. So, yeah, tell we a have, friend. Yeah, we have a, we have a great time doing it. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's show. Appreciate it, guys. Hit that thumbs up. Um, if you're maybe watching late on YouTube, you just tuned into live channel, you know, once we end this, you guys, you can, you just go watch it from the beginning and, and catch up. So, um, yeah, fun show today. Thumbs up, subscribe, leave a nice review. If you're listening on podcasts, head to blueandgold.com. Um, you get all the recruiting insight, all the premium articles on the football team, chat with thousands of Notre Dame fans um, on our message board. Tim Hyde's on there, always talking it up. Um, so, um, yeah, definitely appreciate everyone watching, uh, and we will catch you guys next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit 
FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 